Welcome to Lemmy Works, brought to you by Leadership Education Mentoring Institute. We are inspiring parents, mentors, and communities as they embark on the journey of transformational project-based education. Hi, this is Tatiana Fallon. Hi, this is Heidi Christensen. We're so excited to be your hosts. Welcome. Today we have Eilish Griffith with us. Um, can you just introduce yourself real quick to our audience and to me, yeah. because this is our first time really talking and meeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my name is Eilish Griffith. That's a fairly recent change, though. Um, I just got married in February. Um, and I'm pretty sure, actually, that both of you might know my mom, Michelle Kelly. Um, she's also super into Lemmy. She's been president of our Commonwealth School for the last couple of years. Um but my mom is who initially got me into leadership education. Um, she homeschooled me all the way through high school. I graduated from the last Lemmy class um, from Quest 3 in 2016. So it's been a couple of years now. Um, and since then, I went on to serve a religious mission to graduate from business school. And I'm currently now working as a project manager for Ken Garf Auto in Salt Lake City. Wow. That's awesome. And just got married, which is even yeah. awesomer. <laughs> was, I was going to say, awesome. I'm like, your mom, your mom and dad named you Eilish Griffith. That's a little hard to say, but that wasn't your last name. Okay. So that it makes more not, sense. No. <laughs> I didn't pick the new last name. It just came with it, you know? <laughs> it's a cool last name. It's a cool last name. But I'm like, yeah. it's just a, a little hard to say, like, fast. I don't know if I could say it fast. <laughs> yeah. All the sh and the th sound. Yeah. Right. yeah it that doesn't would work. <laughs> have to really work on my Shakespeare diction there if I'm going <laughs> to say it well. So you said your mom's homeschooled you. Were you homeschooled from the like kindergarten or did you Preschool jump school on the whole oh, wow. time? Wow. Yeah. So what made your mom want to homeschool? Do you know? Yeah. So from what she and I have talked about a whole lot is that she just really wanted to make sure that all of her kids had the best education possible. Um, and not only that, but we ha that we had an education that was really flexible to us. Um, so, for example, I have a younger sister who has dyslexia. Um, I have a couple of other siblings that just have different, not learning disabilities, but just different learning challenges and different things. I've had different learning challenges. Um, and so my mom found that homeschooling was the best option to just give us every available option. Um, and we've kind of done everything under the sun with that. Um, I had a very traditional leadership education experience, um, a very TJ ed sort of experience. Um, I have a younger brother who did part-time private school, part-time homeschool. We've done some online stuff. Like it's just, it's been a really big customizable experience. And I think that was her goal from the beginning. That's one thing that I really love about like adopting leadership education principles is that they really do put you on the path to like, okay, let's find the path that's going to be the optimal best experience for the child and what they need in their education, which I yeah. think is, is very liberating. Cause I had, I had a similar experience. I have five five siblings there's six of us and all of us had a different path and you know and like so people always ask me like what did your mom and dad do it's like well for which kid you know right <laughs> like what they do for me or what they do for everyone else <laughs> yeah like what the, it is like maybe they progressively got better as they went through I don't know if that was their thing or more just like probably more along the lines of just like you know what does each child need you know so my younger two brothers actually graduated from high school so yeah. public high school but so yeah it's just kind of really liberating to know it's like okay what path is going to help my my child get the best education possible for their 
you know, mission in life? And then how, how can I help facilitate that and help them find mentors? So that's kind of cool to see that you you took the same path. So what, um, what brought your mom to, to Lemmy or the Lemmy projects? Yeah. So we joined up with Shining Light Commonwealth. They're based out of Salt Lake County. Um, a couple years after it first started, I was 11 or 12 years old. Um, and so I didn't really do any like juniors age Lemmy stuff, but I did do all of the Lemmy scholar projects starting from Shakespeare and then all the way through to quest three. So do you have like a project that was your favorite or one you really liked more than others? I honestly really liked all of them. Um, quest three was probably my like favorite favorite um, for a variety of reasons. I love the curriculum in that one. I we had a super great class when I was taking it. I loved the mentors that we had. Um, but I've really had awesome experiences with all the learning projects that I've been in. Um, I've loved all of them and they've all been super awesome for me. It's kind of funny because so many people, so many of the graduates that we've had on, when we ask them that question, almost always they say quest. And quest is the hardest class. I mean, really, oh, anyone yeah. who's taking Quest, um, they always say, you know, you take Quest and after Quest, college is, you know, a, a walk in the park. It's so easy. Oh, yeah, it's, definitely. It's so easy. So, yeah. What about Quest did you like the most? I mean, what what made it so impactful? I honestly, I, I think a couple of things. I really loved how it challenged my reading and writing skills. Um, I've always been a really avid reader. It's been my primary mode of learning throughout homeschool. Um, But Quest in particular really challenged me to stretch those limits and to stretch my writing limits and as well as my reading limits. Um, And so for me, that was super cool. But I also just really loved the combination of learning about different ideas and different opinions and learning how to really study and immerse yourself in it. Um, And I found that that's been super applicable all the way throughout the rest of my life. I've used it in my career. I've used it in in my further education in college. Um, I've used it just in conversation with people when I'm talking to people and explaining, you know, I believe these things and this is why, and I can explain to you why and, and show you my sources, you know, for why I believe what I believe. Um, But I think overall, it just, it changed how I thought about education and how I approached my own personal education throughout my life. That's awesome. So do you feel like the other projects were like, pre really prepared you to get to quest and so maybe that's why it's like this is the end and so it's like like not the end but this is like the capstone project that i've worked really hard and learned all these skills and now i can do it yeah honestly yeah i would agree with that um because you know when you start off in in shakespeare or, or in key of liberty in these earlier classes um you know it's a practice scholar class and so the requirements are very minimal I think the first essay I wrote for key of liberty was literally two sentences long <laughs> it, was, it was not a long paper it was a horrible two sentences um but that's I think the, the thing that I love the most about Lemmy is that you build on that and so as you go and you do sword and you do pyramid and you do you know Georgics and all the other classes and then you get to quest and you're like whoa like I have all these skills now I can and push myself to do these things I've never done before um which is another thing that I loved about Quest. I just love how much it stretched me. Like it pushed my limits. It made me think differently. Um, and it gave me all these skills that really greatly prepared me for college and everything beyond. Do you think also, were just curious, just being curious, were you in the younger classes like Shakespeare and Keep Liberty with the same kids that you were in Quest with? Or was it like a new group of kids? 
sort of. So our Commonwealth kind of had an interesting situation where our Shakespeare classes were always really big. And then by the time we got down to Quest 3, kids had branched off and done different things. Some kids had gone to private school, some went to public school, some stayed. Um, so in general, yes, I wasn't in Shakespeare with the group of kids that I um, that I graduated Quest 3 with. I skipped second year of Shakespeare and jumped to Pyramid Project. So I jumped ahead with the group a year older than me. Um, and then I was with them Pyramid all the way through to the end. Um, and so I think that that did make a difference. We, we've all been super close. We've stayed close as adults. You know, it's been eight years <laughs> since we, we all graduated. And, um, but we we're all still close and we're still friends. And that made a difference, I think. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool just to hear that, you know, you could possibly start middle school really with a group of friends and then go all the way through high school with that same group of friends and just like continue building relationships and and like you know having a relationship that I feel like is built off of ideas because that was one thing that I looking back realized not very many people can like sit down with their friends and have an in-depth discussion about um you know abstract thoughts such as like what is equity or what right. is the, the role of, of women or men in society? And it's like most people get together with their friends and they like talk about movies or talk about pop culture. I guess now they probably talk about TikToks or trending YouTube videos. But <laughs> like it, it was it was a hard transition for me when I went to college to be like, wait, so how do I talk to you? I don't know if did you experience similar things to that? Like, can you explain a little bit about like the culture that you grew up with with Lemmy projects or in the Commonwealth and then the culture you experience outside of it? Yeah. Um, honestly, I kind of got to stay in that little bubble of my group of friends for a long time, just because, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a crazy extrovert, but when I have a good group of friends, I like to just hold on to them. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what I did is I just hung on to the few close friends that I had and that was enough for me. Um, but when I came home from my mission and I was finishing school and, you know, just going through life, if um, I did definitely notice, I was like, oh yeah, like there's, there is a difference between a leadership education and a non-leadership education. And, you know, it's just, it's different. That's just what it is. Um, it was especially interesting for me when my husband and I started dating. Um, he is also an incredibly intellectual person. He wasn't homeschooled and didn't do Lemmy or hear any about any of that until he met me. Um, but it's been interesting because we'll talk about stuff and I'll mention something and he'll be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'll have to backtrack and explain and, and realize, oh, it's because I have this leadership education background and that's just something that's normal for me, um, you know, to think about ideas and stuff like that. Um, but I think having that leadership education background has allowed me to bring it to the table and kind of find those similar souls, so to speak. Um, you know, just these people who also have a love of ideas, a love of learning, a love of discussion, you know, whatever else it might be. Um, and then just be able to continue to embrace that throughout oh, the rest of our relationship too. It, I think it gives you a lot of interpersonal skills as well as, you know, professional and educational skills. Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. Today we were, uh, this week I'm in the middle of tech week, well, next week's tech week. We're the, finishing up our rehearsals for our play for Shakespeare. And we're, we're talking about Twelfth Night and have you seen, or do you remember the play Twelfth Night? Yeah. So there's like, in the end, the like the cat the duke marries viola right and they're like we we're talking about relationship issues and like what why is it that this dude marries this viola after like 
it's a boy and then there's a girl and now she's like how does someone have their flip-flopped emotions like to this extreme right so then we had like in this awesome discussion about like okay when you're picking a spouse like how serious should this process be should you just like flip on a dime and be like yeah i'm gonna marry you and they're like no wait that's a stupid choice these people are so stupid <laughs> and so like it, it was such a, a fun like thing to to realize like we're learning interpersonal skills through shakespeare being like let's not be this person let's not be that person like let's not be stupid and you know olivia and like marry a total stranger because you thought it was someone else you know like be smarter in, like how you you know go about that process and and so it's interesting because right. like we're learning interpersonal relationships but not necessarily to be like let's have a class on how to have interpersonal relationships you know <laughs> it's it's more like intrinsically as you go through the projects and you do things in as a group with other kids and you just learn them like innately you like those moments where it's like oh instead of being like oh let's have a lecture on appropriate ways in which you can you know find a spouse or date it's like no let's just perform a Shakespeare play and be stuck in these awkward roles and then let's <laughs> role play them and be like this is really dumb don't do this <laughs> like and so I, I think that's such a powerful insight to be like even though it is like an academic pursuit and we do say it's like leadership education it really does help you like because I would say the same thing about myself like even though sometimes I don't know how to do small chat like sometimes in like those awkward situations you're first meeting people I'm not always the best um I genuinely can listen very well and that's one thing I think leadership education has taught me to just be like okay before I say something I need to understand and and I think been a strength and just being able to like you said like understand people before you like go tell them everything you know <laughs> so i think that's an, an a good insight so uh, you talked about with your husband that um he wasn't at homeschooled so how was that like in your courtship and dating like is that something i think we haven't talked about on the podcast before and if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine but i'm just curious like some parents are like oh my gosh my my children are never gonna find spouses because they're awkward homeschoolers but <laughs> Like, can oh, you tell no. us, like, a little bit how that went with, like, obviously he wasn't homeschooled and you were? Yeah. Uh, so I think for us, it was really about finding, like, a person who had common principles between them. And we had a lot of shared, shared um, like, shared central principles, shared goals, shared things that were important to us. Um, but then we also have a lot of contrast in our relationship, too. And for both of us, that works really well. Um, and we like having that contrast of personality. Um, but when it came to like talking about education and talking about, you know, homeschool versus private school, versus public school, um, cause he was, so he went to a, a private school for most of his education and then spent his junior and senior year at a public high school. And so he's kind of had experience there. And then most of my experience is really only with homeschooling because I didn't do anything else. Um, but we've had some really interesting discussions about the pros and cons of both. And we've kind of come to the same conclusion that my mom did, uh, you know, we want our future children to just have the best education possible and whatever that means you know if it's going to be better for them to have a more structured education and go to a private school then great if they want to do online or homeschool or whatever just whatever is best um but I think for me the biggest thing um from this whole experience because not only you know is he the man I ended up marrying but he's also the first and only non-homeschooler I ever seriously dated um and so I think the big lesson that we took away was just have open conversations about it, you know, be curious, not judgmental, as Walt Whitman would say. Um, and, you know, 
there's things that I had no idea about a private school experience or a public school experience that I was open to learning and listening to. And then there's things that he had no idea about a leadership education experience that, you know, he was also open and willing to talk about and listen to. And so I think overall, that's kind of been the biggest thing is just understanding that we do come from very different backgrounds. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we can't forge a relationship together or forge a marriage together or a courtship. It just means that we have to be ready to acknowledge those differences and learn more about them from each other. Wow, that's really beautiful said. I So while you're, you're talking, I kind of had the epiphany, like, I don't know if you've ever met those homeschoolers that kind of, like, have a vendetta against the world to prove everyone that they're enough. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I have a few people I knew were like that, you know, who are like, homeschool is the only way to do it, and if you don't homeschool, then you're, like, a loser, or, you know, like, they would become, they, they would take the persecution put upon them and then become the persecutor. Right. And, and so I think it's really interesting, like, both sides need to come into it, like, okay, well, we can't say one is wrong and one is right. What if we say what, they both exist for good good reasons? And so let's learn from each other, which I think is, is an interesting... I mean, and I think that's actually healthy in a marriage to, like, have strong different... So long as you can communicate well, obviously. You know, yeah. it's, it ends up being a good thing, you know, a good thing in your marriage. Like, my husband wasn't... was not homeschooled. And when, he, and when we, like, started dating, you know, I was like... I had a hard time. I remember, like, it would be, I would go on dates, and I'd be like, maybe the third date, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I was homeschooled, because I feel like as soon as you say that, it's like, maybe, maybe because I was older, everyone was like, oh, homeschoolers are super weird. Now it's maybe becoming a little bit more okay, <laughs> but I would always, like, wait for a little bit, and be like, oh, yeah, I was homeschooled, and then, like, oh, oh, really, wow, that's, I, who, no one would have guessed that, and I'm like, well, yeah, well, we don't all have the stigma of being weird, <laughs> but <laughs> but I remember being when I told my husband, he's like, "That's awesome. That's the perfect. Okay, all right, let's keep dating." And I was so blown away by that. He was so excited about that. I'm like, that's the first. <laughs> like, usually it's like not always that positive response. So I like that. Um. So, <laughs> so what? One of the things that we do a lot with leadership education is have mentoring. So I wanted yeah. to ask you, what was your experience with mentors and do you have any stories or examples of like how that really helped you in your path? Yeah. So I kind of had a unique experience where I had the same two mentors, Pyramid through Quest. Um, so not only did I have the same group of kids that I was with and then teenagers, you know, but I also had the same mentors. Um, and one was my mom, Michelle. Um, and the other was her best friend, um, Deb. And so these two wonderful ladies were our mentors for almost three and a half, four years um, of scholar projects. And it was super cool because not only were they mentors, but they were also first time mentors for all of the classes. And so they both really got super into just diving into the curriculum, diving into the classics and into everything that we talked about because it was their first time too. And so they were super stoked to be there with us going through that experience. Um, but I don't think I've ever learned more in any classroom setting than I have from the two of them. It was so awesome to just have these really, I don't know, I want to say personal, but personal doesn't feel like the right word. Um, but these really personal experiences with them where we felt like we just learned so much. Um, we had for our final like Quest 3 senior trip adventure that we all took, we went on a camping trip up to Bear Lake and we did a couple of nights where we just sat with a campfire on the beach and 
talked about all the stuff that we had learned in Quest. Um, and there were just so many meaningful discussions and meaningful things that came out of those classes. Um, and my mom and I were actually talking about this the other day. We were talking about how mentoring really builds lifelong relationships. Like I still talk, I mean, my mom, obviously, because she's my mom, but I still reach out to Debbie too. And we talk all the time, and, um, you know, just about life and how things are going. And I think mentoring really is that opportunity to have a long-term learning experience with someone when you find a mentor that you just click with. Um, and so for me, that was probably the most special experience of having mentors, not professors. Um, but it also let me kind of in on this ability to look for mentors outside of a leadership education setting. So like when I went to college or when I went on my mission or when I you know came home and was entering the workforce and starting my career, I was able to find professors I really clicked with or people that I worked with that I really clicked with who were kind of able to take on a similar mentorship role. And it, it wasn't anything formal or anything like that, but it was just about that mentor-mentee relationship, that kind of balance, you know? Um, and so I've really loved that skill of being able to find mentors that I really love and appreciate and who push me to be my best. Um, and then being able to keep them in all sorts of different areas in my life has been really important to me. That's, it's so cool to see that, like, because when you're in the classroom, you know, and you're just like, teaching sometimes you don't really think about oh you know what I could have a relationship with this kid in 10 years and it, you know like of, of like a real relationship like where you know and it's it's funny because I was thinking about like what mentors have I called I'm like oh my gosh yeah I totally have called my mentors like uh I need some help with this you know and and here's like you know 10 20 years later <laughs> like still having conversations with them right and and so I think it's it's an interesting point that you bring up it's like we're teaching, um, we're building relationships that can last longer than just like a short amount of time of one year or one semester. And I think that's more wholesome for us in society, honestly. But then it's also like teaching them the skill to, to find mentors and to know that you need mentors, like, and don't try to like think you can do it all on your own because you need those mentors. And I think that's a, a beautiful way to like develop both those skills and 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 grow really as a as an adult and for the rest of your life because like as soon as you become a, a mom you're going to need mom mentors right and as soon as you like step make these next steps i have a marriage mentor that i was like <laughs> you know like marriage is really difficult and so like i found someone and, and i call i call her and i'm like okay so how do i like do this you know and like, how do we how do i navigate this oh read this book oh do that or do that you know and so i think you know all these different phases in your life and you can find those mentors that help you you know become stronger become better is is it just is higher quality life and better relationships i think that's that's an awesome perspective do you have a favorite classic or a favorite memory of a classic that you read that's a mean question <laughs> I, okay. what that is. all right a list of 10 no just kidding <laughs> no but i did think about it beforehand um because it was on the list that okay. i i did i did pick one um for you so i for context i like i said i've always been a reader i am an avid book collector um again this is another reason why me and my husband clicked between the two of us what we brought into our marriage we've got close to 450 books together <laughs> Um, so we, we both just love to read. I love the classics. I, I love the concept of everything we can learn from them. Um, so I thought about two specifically. So I'll give you two favorite classics. 
Um, one is from the project and one is not. So I figured I'd mix it up. One is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Um, I'm pretty sure that our Commonwealth did this one for quest one or quest two. I don't remember exactly which one. Um, but I've always, Jane Eyre is one of my favorite books for the longest time. I've loved um, just Jane's passion as a character. I love the case studies of moral and right and wrong and virtue that you can take from her story. Um, in particular, I love the scene right after, and spoiler alert, I guess if you haven't read Jane, <laughs> um, right after she finds out that Mr. Rochester is already married and she can't marry him, um, when he's trying to convince her to stay and be his mistress. And she has every reason to say yes. Her life has been horrible. It's been miserable. She has suffered so much. And she's found this one piece of happiness in the love that she has for this man. And she has every reason that she should tell him, yes, I'm going to stay with you. And I don't care about the morality and it's it'll be fine. We'll just be together. But she doesn't. She says no. And she tells him that, you know, I am I'm not a puppet without, or an automation without feelings. I am my own person. And and you know I am controlled by my own virtues and my own values and it's just it's such a powerful story I love it so much um it's such a good one it was impactful to me when I read it in quest it's been impactful to me um all throughout you know dating as a teenager and dating as a young adult and now being married made, um, and just as a girl and as a woman in general um it's one of my favorites and it's one that I frequently go back to often um yeah. and this it's, it's, fun, it's funny. I just um, I use Jane Eyre in uh, several of my presentations as an example of the Liber cycle and how we teach that Liber cycle of, you know, you know, having that being presented with that truth and, you know, going through that and having those challenges and how, you know, get, getting through those challenges is what leads to that that growth and and uh, Jane Eyre is such a good example of that. So I'm I'm so glad you you share that. And I mean it is one that I I mentor kids who are not even in um, Lemmy and all young women. It's like you have to you have to read Jane Eyre. You know. It's oh like, yeah, you, you have to. She's yeah. that amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was your other classic that you wanted to share? Yeah, so the other one that I love is one that I did not read through Lemmy. I read it later. Um, I think I was recommended to it by a friend, a, a good friend of mine who was in Quest with me, recommended it. And it's called Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album. Um, and it is a beautiful book. Um, it's one that I absolutely love and adore. Um, and the, this is, it's a true story. It, it is by, so Mitch Album is the author and his, one of his college professors was named Maury um this cute old Jewish man and Maury is diagnosed with ALS at the beginning of the book um and Mitch and him renew their relationship and they start meeting up every Tuesday and Mitch records their discussions and they just talk about life um but it's one of my favorite examples of a mentor-mentee relationship that continues beyond education you know he's no longer his student anymore at this point um, and they just talk about some of the most beautiful things that life has to offer what really holds meaning and what doesn't and it's so interesting to watch because um, Mitch is with him all the way up until he passes away. And it's so interesting to watch just the different things that really matter in life when you're faced with, you know, a very certain death. And so that's another one that's been one of my favorites over the years. And it's one I go back to frequently. <laughs> yeah, I really like that book. And, and what uh, his Maury has to teach him is, is pretty, is pretty like profound, you know, as he's, as he's, you know, losing his faculties and, and 
passing away. And it really, when I, I read that book right after I had come home from my mission and um, I had lost my grandmother right around that same time period. And um, it made me really, after I read that book, I was like, holy cow, like I could lose my other grandparents pretty quickly. Like, I don't know, I feel like growing up, you're just like, oh, they'll be here forever because they're my grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I mean I mean I, that's just shows how you know how the young mind things are just on no concept of time but after my grandmother passed and I had read that book I was like whoa this is not going to be here forever and so I I like consciously chose to like spend more time one-on-one -on -one with my grandfather before he died you know just listening and just asking and just listening and asking and it was a surprise to me because as I was talking with my cousins and my siblings about different stories, I was like, oh yeah, grandpa said this and grandpa said that. And they're like, how do you know everything grandpa said? I'm like, well, I just, <laughs> I just listened to him. I just, I just would, you know, hey grandpa, let's go out to lunch. And, and, you know, it was a poor college student, so he'd pay for my lunch, <laughs> but like, but, you know, and I just listened to him. I just hear his stories and just, you know, you know, try to pick him up and help him feel not so sad after losing his wife too. There was like, but that book was such a good thing for me to read because I don't know if I would have thought I would I don't know if I would have had that mind shift if I hadn't have got that book and been like whoa this is like really a powerful story that I need to like to implement into my own life you know and, and change how I'm going about my own life so I'm, I'm glad to bring that up we're interrupting this broadcast to invite you to ask questions or share your epiphanies in the comment section and if you're enjoying this podcast please consider leaving us a good review on the platform you are using because that really helps others find our content. Also, check out our website at lemmymentortraining.com. I do want to talk a little <laughs> bit about Jane Eyre, though, because I, oh, I, please. Just, I had this epiphany while you were talking, and I was like, <laughs> okay, so I had to read Jane Eyre. I'm pretty sure it was probably for Quest as well. I'm pretty sure because I remember reading it as a young, as a young, like, you know, teenager. And I remember being like, this girl is so stupid. Like, <laughs> I remember reading the book and just like, man, this was a weird, dumb book. Like, that was literally my response, okay? But, like, I tend to be on the side of just like, uh, I'm no, I don't know, like, not, I'm more, my dad is high-functioning Asperger's, and so I was raised in a home where logic was king, and my dad wanted to be Spock. Like, that was his emulation of a good life. Like, I think I was, by the time I was 20, I'd seen my dad have, like, five emotions so like you know like besides his constant contentment so like that kind of grew up in this very like you just do what you're supposed to be is right because that's what you do right so to me that big dilemma that she comes to I'm just like well duh you just would do what was right right but as I've gotten older and then I'm reflecting about this I I have two young girls and I have two young boys okay and as a parent it was like this total slap in the face intense reality check when my son was born because I was like oh I'm an awesome parent I totally know how to parent I'm the best parent in the world and then I had a boy and I was like this sucks I cannot parent I do not know what I'm doing he never does what I want to do this is just like a constant will of battles and what I realized is that as a, I think just as a general marker this isn't true of everybody but I think girls tend to be more agreeable right they tend to be more willing to just go with the flow. Like, all I have to say is to my oldest is, you probably shouldn't have done that. And boom, she's crying. She's changing her behavior and she's doing it, right? If I said that to my son, he'd be like, I did it because I wanted to, mom. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Like, I don't care if I probably shouldn't have done that. 
I did it, you know, like, so, you know, there's this level of a disagreeable, disagreeability in my son, <laughs> both my sons are very disagreeable, like, tell him, like, my little three-year-old, go put your plate in the sink, why, mom? No, it's not, that's, why is that a question? No, go put it in the sink, because I asked you to, right? But I just, I just have to tell my girls, like, uh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm putting it in the sink, you know, like, it's just night and day difference, and so I'm having this epiphany while you're talking, it's like, Jane Eyre is telling them, like, you have to be disagreeable. Mm -hmm. You have to go through that pain. You're going to break his heart. You're going to break your heart. You're going to go through all these things. You have to be disagreeable because truth and living the standard that you know is going to be better for you, even though it's going to be really painful and bad for everybody else. I'm beginning to realize like, whoa, this is probably like a huge classic for young women, especially nowadays. It's like, don't oh, yeah. move your standard because you want to be agreeable because in the process of being agreeable, you lose yourself. And you have Absolutely. to, you have to hold that line. And too many women are too agreeable. And then, and then they lose, they lose whatever control or power they have in life and not necessarily you have like that's the goal is to have control or power but you need to have freedom or agency i should say within their own life so that was kind of a cool epiphany i had like wow that's a really important book i'll read it with my girls for sure so <laughs> thanks for sharing that because i was like wow that is really awesome it's really awesome it's a great one it's up there it's a really good one and, and while you were talking if you don't mind i me sherry um you reminded me of an experience i had only recently, just within this last year. Um, so I had, I dated the same homeschool guy all the way through high school when I graduated. And, and then we still kind of talked while we were off, you know, serving our missions and doing our thing. And when we were both coming home, um, I kind of was starting to realize that I'd been sort of stuck in this agreeableness trap in the relationship that he and I had, you know, we were good friends, you know, there was nothing, there's nothing bad about, about how, our relationship worked or anything like that but it was that just agreeableness I was just there because I wanted to be nice and I didn't want to hurt his feelings and all of a sudden he was starting to talk about getting married and I was like I don't want to marry this guy like it's just it's not what I want um and it was it was really empowering for me to reread Jane Eyre I was rereading it around the same time that all this was happening um shortly after I'd come home from my mission and it was, it was really empowering for me to read that and remember her experience and remember like, it's okay for me to use my voice. It's okay for me to be disagreeable because in the end, that's like, just exactly like what you said. Don't move your standard for anything else because that's what's going to get you to the place that you need to be in your life. Um, and in my case, that worked really well. I was able to, you know, meet my husband and we dated and courted and it was wonderful. Um, and I don't think... I think so many of us women forget that there's so many opportunities out there for us if we just seize them and take them. And there's nothing that should be stopping you from doing that. I think though the power of Jane Eyre comes in the fact that you see how hard and miserable her life was, right? And then the juxtaposition of like, she finds this wonderfulness and she could lose it, I think is a, is a powerful just, you know, contrast because if that's why it's a classic because we can be like, I've worked so hard for, you know, you've, you've been in that relationship with that young man for years, for years. And you've gone right. through a lot of things. Like there was a lot of, so there's a lot of value in being like, no, this is a good route. This isn't, this isn't a good route here. Like we've worked through a lot of stuff. We've had like all this, you know, 
And so I, I think it's it's so powerful because it's not just like one of these fairy tale endings or, or not fairy tale endings, but fairy tale stories where it's like you don't see that struggle, you don't see that pain, you don't see that that's that intense and then you can relate more to it, be like, even though I this could be the answer, like even though this could be the answer to the unknown and the fear, because I think that's another thing, like I mean not like we're gonna turn this into a dating and courting pod- podcast, but like I think that's one of the things that young women will do is they'll well, who else am I going to marry? Or who else am I going to like have the opportunity to date? Right. And it's, and it's like, if you, you, but you have, because really what other options did she have? (laughs) Yeah. She had nowhere. She had nowhere to go. Oh, she was literally going to be homeless and friendless and alone. Like everything that she had been her entire life, which is what makes that such a powerful choice. It's so cool. And that book, I mean, in that point in her life when she had just found like what she thought was true family and then it comes to light that he's already married so it was like this false family in in, you know everything that she thought was true turned out to be false and then she she leaves I mean the hardest thing she's ever done and then she eventually finds true family true family that she has always wanted and that the wealth that comes with that. And yeah, I, I just think there's so many good lessons in that, that, you know, you could just go on and on about the different ones. So it is definitely a classic every single time, every single oh, yeah. time you, you get something more out of it. Can I tell you how many times I've used it in a lecture or as I've taught a lesson or done something like it's a great book. Well, that thanks for sharing next. That was probably an epiphany that I needed to have. And it's interesting though, because it's like, that's what I love about classics. You know, you can read them. I think I've read it twice. I wouldn't, I, you've probably read it more than me, but <laughs> I think like in each phase of your life, as you get confronted with the classic, you're going to pull something out of it that you need. And that's what's so beautiful about it. It's like, it's, it really is timeless. It really is just like, I could read this every year and get something out of it. Not necessarily saying you should, but you could, you know what I mean? Like it could be something that is so rich and has so much in it that you could literally just like pull truth out of it and connection, which I just, I love that. And I also think it was interesting because it's like, there's not very many stories for young girls where you see like, I don't know, my, my husband and I were talking about how frustrated we are with the now the movies coming out where like because he's a huge marvel fan and so you know we would go see like the movies when all the marvels movies when they were in their heyday coming out in the movie theaters right we go on date nights and go see them but now he's like i have no desire to see them and i was like why don't you have a desire to see them he's like well because i don't want to go see a bunch of girls beat up a bunch of girls (laughs) i was like oh yeah that's a really good point it is just a bunch of girls beating up a bunch of girls and i was like yeah, it's true. I don't want to see a bunch of girls beat up a bunch of girls. Like, that's not showing the, I mean, not saying that men beating up men is very, you know, admirable. But I think, like, for women, it's it's powerful to have, like, a woman heroine who fights the darkness or the, the you know, the demon of life or whatever, the way women would do it, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to throw punches and, like, do, uh, like, 
I'm going to lose if it's a man, right? <laughs> but like really doing it the way in which women would do it and being more true to your nature. So I think that's, that's, you know, a cool thing about like that story. It's like, it's not PC because a woman's fighting and she's a heroine, but she's not doing it in like the way that we would do it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Heidi, do you have a question you want to ask or? Well, I was just, I, I was thinking when you were talking about how, you know, classics are, you know, you read them over again and you get different epiphanies. I mean, I remember, oh, it was, I think it was Pyramid Project. I was reading Phantom Tollbooth. Oh, and that's a good one. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so wasted on the young. I was getting so many epiphanies that, you know, I had read it years and years ago and it was like, eh, I don't, I wasn't too crazy about it. But then I read it as an adult and I'm like, I got so much more out of it. And I, I was just so excited about it. I mean, the kids were kind of like, eh, I'm not sure. But I mean, because I was excited, they were, could kind, I could kind of pull more things out of it. But yeah, there's so many, even kids books that it's like, they're really written for adults. You just don't realize it. <laughs> We're really, we're reading Phantom Tollbooth right now, and there's the chapter where it's like they jump to the island of conclusions, <laughs> and, and and it was so funny because we were reading it, and I was like, oh man, jump to conclusions, and then my daughter's like, oh, that's awfulizing. I do that a lot. I will often do that. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so fun to be stuck out on that island. She's like, yeah, once you awfulize, then you're stuck there. It is hard to get off that island. <laughs> Yeah, I love that book too. Um, so how do you feel like doing leadership education gave you a sense of yourself? Like, do you, or I guess I should say, do you feel like leaving high school and preparing to go out into the world, do you feel like you, you left with a firm sense of like who you were? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, so for me growing up as a kid, I was always a really shy, quiet, extremely introverted sort of person. And um, I just, I did not have a sense of who I was or who I wanted to be. And so for me, starting Shakespeare or, and doing Shakespeare Conquest and being in the play was a huge step um, for me. And so when I started Shakespeare, I was 12 years old and we were doing Midsummer Night's Dream and I was asked to play Helena, um, who is one of the main Four, and not only one of the main four, but Helena is also a very loud and just powerful woman character. <laughs> that was not me at age 12. Um, but I was supposed to play her. And not only that, but she also, I don't know if in the original cut of Shakespeare, if she has the most lines, but in our cut of the play, she was the female character with the most lines. And then Puck had more lines than that. Um, so that was, for me, it was this huge daunting thing to, to be in a Shakespeare play and to be playing this kind of character and having so many lines. Um, but it really helped me break out of my shell and, and really find I have a great passion now for teaching and public speaking and being in front of people, um, less on the acting side. I mean, that sort of stayed, stayed in Shakespeare, <laughs> um, never to be looked at again, but, <laughs> um, but my love for just teaching and for sharing my own feelings and my own thoughts just really came out of that. Um, and I think it's been the same with every project. I've just been able to develop more and more of myself. 
Um, and I think that's one of the great things about leadership education is that the emphasis and the focus is on you as an individual person. And what kind of person do you want to be? And what kind of principles are important to you? And how, why do you want to hold on to them? Um, and not only just why are they important to you, but like explain why, like, how did you get there to this perspective? You know, oh, like, like, why is me reading Jane Eyre and reading that story impactful to me? And how do I apply it in my life? And it just, it makes these things that I think tend to be superficial if you're just taking your education at a base level and it makes them these real actionable items that you can take and you can apply into your life. Um, when I was doing the personal manifesto in quest three, that was a really empowering assignment for me to do because just sitting there and trying to think and break down like, okay, hey, what do I believe about, you know, religion and theology? What do I believe about law? What do I believe about sociology? And, and let me think about, okay, well, why do I believe like that? Like, do I just believe that because someone told me or do I believe it because I really know and this is why I know and I know from experience or from sources or whatever it is. Um, but I think for me going out and going into college and then serving my mission and then going into my career, um, going out into the world and knowing all those things just left me with this, like this deep ability to go out and just present myself for who I am. And be very confident and very sure of that. Um, you know, I could walk into classes and I could engage in, you know, civil debates with my teachers and with my classmates and express like, no, this is my opinion and I can tell you why and, you know, explain all these things. And I'm just so grateful for all those skills. I think they've been so essential throughout my life. Um, I'm so incredibly grateful. My mom chose homeschooling. <laughs> Cannot say that enough. I think it's, it's, it's hard for for like me and it, probably you to have a lot of understanding of those of our peers who don't have an idea of who they are or what they believe um and i was reading a book oh gosh you're gonna kill me because i can't remember it heidi but <laughs> uh oh, man it's a really good my dad's a <clears throat> my younger brother wants to be a physicist so my dad and him have been like on this deep dive into particle physics and they've been doing a lot of like intense study of physics and my dad is a creationist and my brother is on the fence um so my dad's always trying to like push him towards creationist physicists and the book oh, um it was i, I can't remember i uh, just read it but anyways i'll figure i'll find it once i tell the story i'm sure but he was basically talking about how he travels across the united states going to different college campuses and as he goes to these campuses what he's realizing is like these kids are coming to college literally having no idea what they believe they have no idea what they believe and they have no idea how they would even establish a sense of belief so not only do they not know how to believe, they don't know how to get to that point where they could possibly either come up with a way of belief through deductive reasoning or through any of the other ways of establishing proofs, right? And he's like, it's so sad because they have this huge crisis inside of them because, and that's why they can't handle, they can't handle any contrary opinions because they have no sense of self. They are their opinions, right? And, and so then he said, one of the big things that I do when I confront these, these, these students is I said, there's such a thing as a worldview and you need to pick one. Yep. And if you don't have one, you, one will become manifest to you 
or you'll adopt one just by osmosis, which is not the best way to do things, because then you have no idea why you are acting or behaving the way you are. Um, and um, anyways, it, it was it was a very fascinating book. I'll have to, <laughs> I'm having the senior moment here, even though I shouldn't be because I'm not old enough to, but. <laughs> okay, Tati, when you figure out which book it is, just give it to me and I'll put it in the show notes, okay? Yeah, if I can find my Kindle, I know it's on there, but it's, um, it's a, yeah, anyways, it's, it's actually a scientific book about, um, uh, it's a physicist, <laughs> my, um, <laughs> my, it's about the, the, the understanding the universe is, it's about, like, it, most of the book, if I'm 100% honest, was over my head, and I only read it because I was trying to have a conversation with my brother. <laughs> So uh, sometimes I'll like be like, oh, I need to connect with him, and I'm like, he's so much smarter than me. And so I'll find a book and try to read it so I can try to think like him. But it doesn't usually end up happening. So <laughs> I get out what I can get out of it, and then I'm just okay with that. And just understand that is not my genius, and I'm okay with that. So you know, I'm gonna rely on him to to have that for me. <laughs> but I just I love how you just you know you bring up this simple thing but is not so simple because it's very precious to to leave your home with a firm sense of what you believe and then also how you came to that belief right and i remember just recently i was having a discussion with one of the youth that i'm mentoring right now and i was like well and they made a comment and i'm like well how do you know that's true right and they, this is a 12 year old right so they haven't <laughs> been through quest yet and then i was like oh you probably don't know how to establish something is true yet. You haven't gone through Quest yet. I probably shouldn't have asked you that question, <laughs> right? And, and then like, well, like we had this discussion and I was just asking questions and listening and stuff like that. But I was like, I don't think I realized how much of a precious gift was given to me through Quest of just being able to be like, this is how truth is established. And this is how you can find truth. And truth is attainable. You know, that just in that statement in and of itself is just, you know, for the rest of the world, they don't get, oh, wait, truth is attainable? That's, you know, so I love that, that, that comment that you made there. Um, all right, so one of the things that we love to ask is, <clears throat> this podcast is called Lemmy Works. So in your opinion, does Lemmy work? And did it work for you? Um, I'm going to say yes on both counts. And, um, yes, I do think it works. And yes, it did work for me. Um, I think, so in my opinion, I think that any system of education, it very much depends on the student. And I think that Lemmy presents, I love the way that the scholar projects in particular, the way that they present information and the way that they challenge students at different levels, um, not only to build these incredible educational skills, but also to build kind of like we've been talking about, build your own worldview, build your own opinions and your own beliefs. I think that that particular set is super awesome. And if you have an engaged learner who's ready to just jump in and take it, it works amazingly. And that was definitely the case with me. Um, I it was on fire educationally all throughout my, um, my time doing Lemmy because I just got so excited and so into all these different things. Um, you know, and I, I wanted to learn more about all these things, things and not only learn about them, but I wanted to talk about them constantly. And I wanted to apply them to my life constantly. Um, 
And so I think if you're looking for that kind of an educational experience, then that's this, this is it. This is where you go um, because it's going to be so awesome and it's going to be so fulfilling. Um, for me, I, I saw that the most after I finished Quest and I was, I was starting college. Um, and kind of like what Heidi said in the beginning, you know, I started college and college was so easy. They only wanted me to read, you know, one book a semester or like a chapter out of a, a textbook. And I was like, this is easy. I used to do, you know, a book a week in class. <laughs> um, but for me, the biggest thing that was just, I know this is a more spiritual word. It was a testament to me of the power of leadership education and how grateful I was for it is when I was finishing up my final paper for my advanced English class um, for, for my degree. Um, and the final paper was supposed to be a argument essay, a classical argument essay that was eight pages long. <laughs> And, and I was like eight pages. Okay. And I just sat down and I treated it like I would treat a quest essay or like I would treat, you know, whatever else. And I ended up writing a paper that was 23 pages long, including endnotes. And I had to reach out to my professor and be like, so I did this assignment. I may have overdone it. If you want me to reduce it, I will. Um, and thankfully he was very understanding. He was like, I'll take it, you know, so, and I'll take it as it is. It better be good if it's 23 pages long. Um, but for me, that was just such a testament of how grateful I was for all these leadership education skills, because had I, at least I have, I'm of the opinion that had I walked into my college experience or my now business career experience without those skills, I don't think I would be able to have the confidence and the successes that I've had today. I think that Lemmy played a really big role in getting me where I am academically and getting me where I am career-wise and interpersonally and in all those relationships. Um, it doesn't just give you a student who completes a program, it gives you a person with life skills and with these abilities that they can take and use throughout their whole life. That's a great snap by, it doesn't just like produce a program. I mean, a person who's finished a program, it's like a person who's got the skills set for life. It's, it's, it's so true, it's like, you know, and it's also true, it's like, while you're in the class, you don't realize what you're gaining until you're done. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, you don't. <laughs> yeah, you don't realize, like, how hard it is until you look back, like, oh my gosh, that was crazy that I did that. Like, we're in the middle of, like, like I said, like, the play, and I'm, and some of the parents were talking to me today, like, well, how are you going to make sure everyone gets on their cues, and, and are, you know, who's, what, which parent, which of us needs to sit there in the back, and I was like, oh no, nobody's sitting in the back nobody's going to be in the back and nobody's going to be on script. So if they don't get their cue and they don't say their line, then that doesn't happen. And the parents are like, oh, wow. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's totally in their court and they can do it. You know, and, oh, yeah. and so like you can, and, and like, really? And I'm like, well, if they don't, then they don't. And that's okay. Like, that's part of the beauty of what I love about it. It's just like, in the process of doing these projects, of learning these books, engage or doing these things, and engaging in it, we grow immensely because we're allowed to to do it. You're just allowed to do it on your own and, and see what you'll you'll do of it, you know. So it's been awesome to get to know you and to get a little bit snapshot into your life and to see how Lemmy's worked for you. And I, we're really grateful for you being willing to spend an hour with you. And, and thank you for sharing your Jane Eyre. It's probably going to really impact how I parent my girls better. And and it's such a fun thing to be like engage with you and learn from you. Heidi, do you want the same thing? Yeah, no, I just, this has been so much fun. I love talking about books. I love talking about all of these different things. And 
thank you very much for sharing. Thank you. I'm really grateful to have had the experience to come on and, and chat with you guys. Seriously, it's been awesome. You're a bright, awesome young woman and a super amazing future ahead of you. And it's just so thank cool you. to be able to get to know you and to spend some time with you. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode. Just as in every Lemmy training, we hope you walk away uplifted and inspired, but also empowered to be a better mentor for your family and your community. Please be sure to subscribe and share. We also want to express our gratitude to all the Lemmy mentors, past and present. You got this. You can do hard things.